Legally Blonde, Suits, My Cousin Vinny. All badass lawyers, all different. Which begs the question, what type of lawyer do you want to be? Don't waste another second thinking, ugh, I don't even know what types of lawyers there are. Trust us, we've been there. Let's put a stop to that once and for all. Go take the 90-second quiz from new lawyer now what coach Angela Vorpal to give yourself a clear picture of the best fit type law for you. Go to www.whattypeoflawyerquiz.com and take the quiz today. Once you've taken the quiz, send us a DM on Instagram to let us know what type of lawyer you got. We can't wait to hear. Welcome back to the Ladies Who Law School podcast. I'm Sam. And I'm Haley. And this week's episode is sponsored by BarCast Audio. For all of you guys taking the bar exam this year, BarCast Audio has the best offer. We know that you guys are getting ready to take the bar in February. Some of you will be taking the bar after graduation. This is what you need to be successful on the bar. You can use the code LWS at barcastaudio.com to get 10% off of your pre-order of the BarCast MBE pack, which includes access to those audio lessons, the essay workshops, and attack sheets for all the seven MBE subjects. And we've talked about them before. It was great to prepare for our evidence exam. And we know that all of the stuff that you can listen to on there is going to be super helpful. So like I said, code LWLS in all caps at BarCastAudio.com. Well, you guys, welcome back to year 2021, right? Like, woohoo, we made it. It's so exciting. Yeah. You know, last year was definitely a year that was uh, a tough one, but we're good now in 2021. And we have a lot of exciting things to share with you guys, because I think that this year, like we said in our last episode, we have one full year of school left. And after that, we're going to be preparing to take the bar and it's all coming down to graduation. So this year is going to be really fun to share with you guys as we prepare to go through, you know, the end of 2L and the beginning of 3L. And who knows? I mean, we could be doing crazy stuff by the end of this year. I don't even want to like think about all the cool stuff we're going to get to do. Right. And it seems like finally we've made it to this second semester of our 2L year and time has flown by, right? We are on the downward slope as some call it. So this episode, we wanted to address how to get your first legal job, mostly because we get questions about it. We have gone through that process now ourselves and we want to talk about the different ways to get a job Um, what to do before you even get to law school as far as getting a job and how to be successful that way. So with all that being said, we have some like exciting news to share. I wanted to start off with just kind of because Haley's already been working. I haven't started working yet. So we're going to start off with Haley. She's going to let us know what job she got and kind of give us a lowdown of what she's been doing these past few weeks. So Haley... Where are you working and what have you been up to? Tell me all of the things. Okay, so yes, I worked for a week before Christmas time and I got a job at an employment law firm here in Oklahoma City. I'm really excited about it. I became interested in employment law because of the podcast and just doing different interviews and just learning a lot about different areas of law. So whenever uh, I told Samantha, obviously, about how I was really interested in employment law and just everything that can come with that, because as you guys know, I interned doing criminal law. So there were um, some aspects that I didn't really know about, like in civil law and how also that can connect. And that was something that I really wanted to see. So with that being said, 
Samantha actually saw this job and sent me a text and was like, Hey, you should apply for this. And so I said, yes, of course, because that's something I want to address in this episode too, is saying yes to things and being open-minded to things. Even if you aren't super in love with certain aspects of the job, but being willing to raise your hand and say, yes, will do wonders for your career. So I said, yes, I applied. And literally that day after I applied, the office case intake manager um, called me and was like, hey, can you come in for an interview? And I was like, of course. So I went in for an interview about a week later, maybe. And I realized okay, this is this could be an option. And they offered me the job and I took it. I said, yes, right? I think it was a good fit. I started the next week, which was really cool because it was just all so quick and it's kind of unexpected, right? Because you don't really know how everything's going to work out. Like just the week before I was watching trials at the county courthouse, you know? So you just have to keep your mind really open. And like I said, say yes to things. And then, um, yeah, so I started the next week and I basically do all kinds of work around employment law, which is civil law, which is a whole different aspect of stuff we haven't even really learned, which is interesting. So what are like some specific things that you've had to work on? Yeah. So I worked on a few motions. The first day I was there, one of the um, attorneys asked me to draft a paternity motion. And I was like, um, okay. And I was just like, I have no idea what to do. I'm sure my face said it all. I try to control my emotions on my face, but he took me into this giant room full of books and was like pointing out certain things. And then I just took it to the computer and I started looking things up and reading and just using those skills that we learned in research class. But as the week went on, I had to call some witnesses and call some clients. I'm trying to think of, you know, witnesses, clients, and ask them different questions and just have conversations towards the end of the week. Our receptionist um, kid was sick, so I had to answer the phone and I talked to a lot of potential clients and just um, attorneys also calling, opposing counsel calling to talk to the attorney at the office. So I learned a lot <laughs> in just a few days about the way things are run and how to handle certain conversations with people. Um, and what's important to ask someone on the phone and what you really need to know. So when you're getting these client or potential client phone calls, what are you asking them? And also like, are you calling the shots on who you think can have the case or does every single person that you call have to go through like an attorney for them to decide? Yeah. So that's a good question. We have a, okay. So the way it works is there's a case intake manager, which is the main main partner's wife. So she's been doing this for a really long time. Um, She's also a very smart lady and she understands and has conversations with her husband, I think, a lot about the way different cases work. With that being said, uh, there's a certain criteria that you have to meet, um, whether it be with the statute of limitations or certain classes that you file, um, find yourself in that you can actually pursue a, a wrongful termination or a certain time frame. There's all these different things, right? But in those few calls that I got in a few hours, there were people who I would be like, okay, you have a potential claim, um, excuse me, a potential claim. I'll let her talk to you. And then she would get on the phone and chat with them and, you know, be like, okay, no, you don't, we don't have any, this isn't going to work, but I'll refer you to someone else. And, you know, one of the main sources of attorney's work come from referrals, right? So that's basically how it went down. And one of the coolest calls that I got though that day, right before I left for the break was a guy calling that thought he was going to be wrongfully terminated the next day. And I was just like, can I place you on hold? And I went into her office and I asked her, I said, what should he do? And she told me what to tell him. And I felt so cool. And I went back on the phone and I made this guy's day because the guy didn't call. His friend calls and put him on. We were on a three-way call. Like, it was crazy how scared people are. This is their job, their livelihood. You know, there's things that 
we have to tell um, a potential client up front, you know, when a company offers you a severance package, do you need that money right now? Because there's no guarantee that us pursuing this lawsuit will get you even more than that. And there's no guarantee that it won't take a long time. And what's a long time is different to everyone. It's nine months, two years, who knows? Sometimes we settle in a week. Just depends on how bad the situation is, right? So going back to your question, right? There are There's definitely a screening process. And there is someone who has been doing this, like I said, a long time, who has a checklist and asks them certain questions. And, you know, there's a really small percentage of cases that we can actually take. Like two out of every 15. So it's just, it's a specific area of law and you'll get people calling for, you know, what about if I need to, you know, contest my wrongful, not maybe they weren't wrongfully terminated, but I need to contest my drug test. That's a completely different area, but maybe it's within like their employment, you know, but we don't handle that. We refer them to someone else. And there's that's what everybody needs to understand is there's so many like options. And you kind of make your niche area as you learn and as you grow. You know, a criminal lawyer turned employment lawyer turned into civil rights lawyer. That's my dream, you know? But that's a lot of years of work to get to that. And I think just seeing all that in one week, I was like, wow. Also, just answering the phone for other attorneys, you like... Mm-hmm. You feel like, oh, um, what was your name again? And they say it so fast and you're like, uh, hold on. You know, it's just like you feel crazy on your first going to a new job on your first week. And I know we were chatting. I was chatting with one of our listeners and we were laughing about how it feels to feel really dumb on your first week of work and probably continues on in the first couple of months. But once you get the hang of it, like in any job, it takes a little while. And once you get the hang of it, it's really fulfilling, I think. And I can already see that. So I'm pretty excited. So other than the paternity motion that you had to write, did you have to work on any other kind of stuff? I worked on a brief as well. I did a lot of editing and site checking. Then I ended up printing it off, organizing it, binding it, and taking the courtesy copy to the courthouse. So I pretty much saw it other than, I mean, I guess the initial copy, the first copy that was written by the attorney, and me and the paralegal went through it together, and it was really cool. And and I took it in and dropped it off, and you know, the federal courthouse, you can't take your cell phone, and it's just interesting the little things here and there that you learn, and you have to... Like even the funniest thing was like binding and how I put the numbers on there like backwards. And they, whenever I looked at it, I was like, she goes, Oh, it looked like, Oh, you're done. And then I showed it to her and we were both like, this doesn't look right. And she's like, yeah, you just got to switch them. So you have to unbind it, pulled them off, you know? And I was just like, Oh, this is like such a newbie mistake, you know? So it's really just exciting to talk about all of this with you guys and with you, Samantha, because I know we haven't really shared like a ton of what I had done, right? Um, but it's really exciting because why we both are now employed and we both got jobs over this Christmas break. We both looked for jobs and we both worked for volunteer opportunities, AKA no money last summer. So this is exciting and we feel grown up and that's why we wanted to start off this new year with this topic and just share a little bit about, you know, how to get a job because we both experienced that, right? So Samantha, why don't you share with the gang? We'll be right back. Hey guys, we want to take a moment to talk about something that has been a game changer for us busy lawyers, Audible. Yes, Audible has been our go-to platform for incredible audiobooks, offering an extensive library of thrillers, nonfiction, autobiographies, and mysteries. And guess what? We've got a special treat for you. Audible is offering a free trial to our listeners, and all you need to do is check the link in the show notes. It's the perfect opportunity to experience the magic of audiobooks without spending a dime. Speaking of thrillers, I know you're currently hooked on Never Lie by Frieda McFadden. Samantha, can you tell us a little bit about it? Absolutely. The twists and turns in Never Lie have kept me on the edge of my seat during the workday and even when I'm on my daily walks. 
It's like having a suspenseful companion wherever I go. And for those looking for some financial wisdom, I have been engrossed in My Money, My Way by Kamuku Love. It's packed with practical advice on managing finances, perfect for anyone trying to navigate the complexities of money management. What we love most is the flexibility Audible offers. As lawyers, our schedules can be unpredictable, but with Audible, we can enjoy our favorite books on the go, whether we're stuck in traffic, hitting the gym, or waiting for a court hearing. So if you're ready to embark on a literary journey and discover the joys of audiobooks, click the link in the show notes to start your free trial with Audible. Trust us, you won't want to miss out on this fantastic offer. Um, I was looking for jobs all during the break. So every single day I would look up like legal intern, Oklahoma city, um, law clerk, Oklahoma city, um, law student volunteer, Oklahoma city, like in Google. So I was looking that up all the time and I had like the little alerts sent to my Gmail. So I would get you know, all the new posted jobs um, every morning because I was just really looking for an opportunity, especially because I think we're not going to have Friday classes. So being able to work on a full day of Friday would be awesome. So I stumbled upon an ad for, it was not even for a legal intern. It was for like a paralegal, essentially. And I hadn't been applying to many paralegal jobs, but they specifically wanted someone who like spoke Spanish. And so I just was like, well, I'm just going to apply. We'll see um, if they even look at it because it's not really, I'm applying for a different job than what's posted essentially. On your resume, did you say that you spoke Spanish? Yeah. So on my resume at the bottom, I have like languages and skills And then I put like fluent in English and then fluent in Spanish. Um, So if anyone doesn't know, I am fluent in Spanish. Maybe we'll have a Spanish podcast one of these days. (laughs) I wish. (laughs) So I put that on there and then I have like, you know, our podcast listed on there. Maybe we can post a sample of like what we think a resume should look like because a lot of you are asking that. And just like side note, keep it under a page, like one page. Maybe front and back if you really need to, but seriously, don't do like a five page one because I saw someone post in our Facebook group and they were like, I have like five pages worth of resume. Do not do that. So just a side note. Anyway, so about a week later, I get a call randomly, like I'm at work and I get a call from, it says Oklahoma and mind you at this point I'm in Georgia working. So I'm like, who's calling me from Oklahoma? Like, is it the school? I just didn't expect a call. And it was the partner for this criminal defense firm. And, you know, he said like, Oh, you know, I saw your resume and, uh, you know, basically offered me the job over the phone. And he, and he was just like really excited Um, and, you know, was just telling me all kinds of things about, you know, the firm and when he would want me to start and, um, just hyping me up at the end of the day. It felt really nice for someone to be like, I really want you to work for me. Like if this works out, like you could be my associate, like all this kind of stuff that I'm like, what? Like a random phone call at lunchtime, like not expecting it. So anyway, I tell him that for the time being, I'm going to say yes. I did not have to do an interview as of right now, but I am going to go, I guess, take a tour of the firm um, when we get back um, to town. And I guess if I find that it's a good fit, I'll stay. I'm sure it's going to be fine. Um, I'm not too worried. I've been interested in criminal law for a while, so I think it'll be a good experience. Also, if I get my LLI, I can basically, you know, start trying cases if I wanted to, if I was, you know, able to. Um, so that's also very cool. And I will keep you guys posted on how things work out. So it's very exciting to be able to get a call. And like you said, get that validation. I mean, there's not much you can ask for than that. Right. So like you said, if you get your LOI, also 
I mean, how did that go, though, applying for a paralegal job and then, you know, getting a a clerkship, an internship? What would you call it? And like, what was that conversation like? Okay, so he basically told me, like, I know you applied for this other position and I can tell why, like, you would have applied, you know, because some of the things that you would be doing as a paralegal would be things that an intern would do. And he's like, but... I always have like room for an intern. So like, why don't, why don't we just make this an internship, like a legal internship? I'll pay you I'll you know, once you get your LLI, you can get a pay raise. And, um, he basically said that he was going to form a new position for me as like the Spanish speaking intern that will deal with like intake of cases. Cause he gets like, I don't know how many calls a day, but a large portion of them our Spanish speaking clients. Um, so he said that we were going to create a new position for me and, um, that that's what I would be doing and I could go to court with him and all that. So really, you know, he just ended up making a new position for the paralegal job, but as an intern. And he said, I can work any amount of hours. He's like, if you want to work 10 hours one week and like 40 the other, like whatever works for you. Cause he knows I'm a student. Yeah. So he just made it way more flexible for me to be able to intern. And it's not, the paralegal job was a job job, like, you know, where you're going in every day at eight and you're doing a full-time day. And as an intern, I'll just go in shorter amounts of time. Yeah. And he probably just allocates those resources to your position and is going to use you like a paralegal. The cool thing is, is that a lot of the things that we do are very similar. The paralegal helps train the interns, I definitely think. So it's a nice uh, op- opportunity. Plus, he you have something that he really needs without Spanish speaking. So definitely highlight different languages you speak. If you're interested in learning new languages, know that that is a really hireable attribute that you can bestow upon yourself with, you know, the new hobby and things like that in like quarantine, you know, people are learning different languages and talking about doing different things that they never would have done before. So I know that we are in the new year and the vaccine is upon us, but it's never too late to expand your mind. So now I guess the question that I'm sure you guys are wondering is like, well, how do we get the job though? I mean, like, yeah, I found my job on Simplicity. Samantha found her job online. They're both via computer, right? Um, LinkedIn, Indeed, Simplicity at your law school. Once you're in law school is very big. Make sure you're using all these. Um, but LinkedIn, I mean, I just, the alerts, like Samantha was saying on Google Jobs, you can do all these different alerts. And I think those are really important to one, always be looking to set reminders for yourself because it's hard to think about this stuff in the middle of the year. Like notice that we both thought about this after our semester was over and we had some time on our hands and we were just sitting around. We had opportunity to apply. So um, I know our friends over at All Rights Reserve talk about their winter break and being really intentional with that. And I think that that we are seeing the fruits of that labor, right? We are seeing the fruits of writing those cover letters and applying to different jobs and going into interviews and working. And it's, it's nice to see that and be validated in that because law school is so different than working and it's um, a very trying process. So I wanted to just ask you like what you think about getting a job in LinkedIn and the job alerts. Like what's your advice? Well, I think it depends on what you're trying to get out of your job. Like what kind of jobs are you looking at? What kind of area of law are you looking at? And, um, the city, all, all that kind of stuff. Right. I was looking in Oklahoma city because I knew I was going to be in Oklahoma city for the, you know, spring, but I also did apply to some like summer jobs and, that's the thing. The the stuff that's being posted right now are like people that need someone right now for help. So that's another thing. If you don't see a lot, like wait. But um, I think with the whole area of law, what type of law, what size firm, the smaller the firm, 
um, or, you know, mid-sized to smaller firms, I feel like they have a lot more postings out there. You don't really see a lot of these, what you would say, like bigger firms, right? They're not really posting like, hey, I need a legal intern on the internet because guess what? You're going to do OCI for those (laughs) because I applied to one of those and they were like, hey, no, uh, you got to go through OCI. And I was like, okay, thanks. Yeah. And, and especially if you want to do business law and corporate things and in-house councils, like don't have opportunities to be an intern because it doesn't work like that. So no, I totally get it. Um, but I think that one thing too that um, I learned from our career services was that even just browsing the jobs and like seeing what you quote need to have or should be doing and the skills that you need to have um, can be nice because sometimes you can do a little self work just at home and just educating yourself or building your vocabulary and things like that. So either way, you can just be perusing and keeping those top of mind, I think is huge. And especially throughout law school, even if you're a 1L right now um, and you're wondering about what you're going to do for the summer, like this is the time to be looking at that stuff and be making connections and talking to people about what you could potentially be doing for the summer. And my biggest advice is to say yes to the opportunities you get and say you get 20 opportunities, then you're very lucky and you have opportunity to choose. But if there's only one or two opportunities, take them because that's huge guys. And you need to get out there and work. So it's important. Yeah. I think that in-person working experience is super important as, I mean, obviously that's why we were looking for jobs because it's super important. And um, I think that when you are applying to these kinds of positions, like just go ahead and apply. There's nothing like what, like you said, they're just going to say no if they don't want you or never get back to you. You might never hear back, you know, but if apply to as many places that you think are interesting, like when I was applying, I probably applied to like five different jobs and um, I would find them on all types of not just like Google jobs, but like Glassdoor and Indeed. I'll look through all of them because a lot of the jobs aren't posted in Google jobs. Like I found this one specifically on Glassdoor, I think it was, or Indeed. Uh, Maybe it was Indeed because they'd tell you if they look at your uh, submission. Um, But apply to all of them. You never know if you're going to get a call back from at least one person. Like you said, say yes, because if you don't, you're just missing out on experience that you wouldn't get otherwise. Even if you're not getting paid at the end of the day, like experience is experience. And if they are paying you like even better, you should even take it quicker, you know? So I think that um, it's totally doable. Also, I I didn't get asked about my grades at all. Um, I think if you have a resume that has good experience on it, he liked that I'd interned at the public defender's office, you know, like that is way more important for some people, like for some firms, they want to see that you have experience. They don't necessarily care what grade you made in crim law. So that's another thing. Yeah, I totally agree. I wasn't asked about my grades either and definitely think that it could have come up. No, I don't think it would have come up. I wasn't offered. I mean, I wasn't asked about my grades either. And I definitely think that the resume speaks for itself and the cover letter speaks for itself and whatever else they ask you for speaks for itself. And just like they say, if it doesn't bring you up, don't put it on there. So yeah. Another question that we get is what to like talk about in the interview. And I know it's something that you usually think about like the week of or right before, and you can't like talk about it before. So what would you say are some things that you would plan for that you think are important for an interview and how should you be prepared? So for this job specifically, as of right now, I haven't had to have had an interview, but if I was going to have an actual sit down interview before a job offer, right? I think that it's really important if it's a firm to look up the firm, know who you're going to be talking to, whether it's a one lawyer or like 10 lawyers, you know, learn some names, um, learn what they practice specifically maybe look at, uh, usually on their website, they'll have like notable cases or like things that they're really um, known for. And I would just like make sure you're familiar with what you're getting yourself into. 
And I feel like if you know that stuff and you're interested in that stuff, right? You need to be interested at least a little bit in what you're going to be doing or else you're going to be miserable. You go into the interview at least knowing what's going to be asked. If, if you're going to a criminal law interview, right? You're going to be like, okay, this is a criminal defense firm. Tell me about you know why you want to be in criminal defense. You should probably have an answer to that. If you're in employment law, why are you interested in employment law? Has anything sparked your, like, you know what I'm saying? Just like that. Know your why. Why are you applying to this job? Are you just doing it for the money? Because they're not going to want you there if you're just like, oh, I'm just broke and I need like some cash. Like (laughs) they're not going to want to hire you if you're not genuinely interested in like doing it for a reason. A hundred percent agree. I think that that also kind of reflects the idea of maybe an elevator pitch or just like you said, knowing your why it's really important to convey that to the employer, especially as a young lawyer, a young future lawyer, you want to be able to show them that you're passionate about your work and that you're going to do a good job. And I think that so many people in professions and all different types, um, fall down on their duties, right? And they want to make sure that you're going to be a hard worker and good worker. And I think the reason that Samantha and I were successful in getting these jobs is because we have built this brand. And I think people are impressed by that. And it told an employer that we can do hard work. So when you're writing your resume, when you're coming up with your elevator pitch, when you're deciding what to put on your LinkedIn, you need to highlight what you've done that is big and what you've done that shows leadership and creativity and that you're proud of. And if you haven't done anything like that yet, then be thinking about what you can do and what you want to do and what you want to prioritize because that's basically what you're going to highlight in your interview and your resume and your cover letter and everything. And sometimes it takes years to build yourself and to understand what you're good at. And I get that, but you know, once you do find it, you have to stride in it. But also um, just going back to like applying to firms specifically, a lot of the times, I'm sure you guys have heard this, like if you're working as an intern at a firm and they really like you, like one day you could become part of the firm as a lawyer, you know, and firms are known to like invest in their interns if they really like them, right? They're not going to keep you around if they don't like you. So that's another important thing about when you're applying to jobs, like being interested in what you're going to be doing, because there's a potential that if you really fall in love with this firm and you do good work, like they'll keep you around and you'll have like a job offer after graduation potentially, you know? So don't go in there not knowing anything because this firm could really be investing in you in your future. I totally agree. So are you not even in law school yet and wondering, well, guys, how do I get ahead? Well, we have an answer for you. We are partnering with Barbary Law Preview. Which is a course that you take right before law school where they basically give you the lowdown on all the 1L core subjects like contracts, civil procedure, property, you name it. They give you study lessons and different types of study guides and just everything that you need to make those grades first semester, right? We have a special code for you guys to get a discount on this really great course. The code is LWLS100 for $100 off your course. So these courses are about a week long. And yes, you're going to have homework. Yes, you're going to have reading. Yes, you're going to have to brief cases. But it's all worth it because when you get there on your first day of school, you'll know a lot more than the peers around you. Make sure to go to lawpreview.barbary.com and use the code LWS100 for $100 off your Law Preview course. We want to talk about getting ahead. We want to talk about getting a job and ultimately all this money that we're paying to go to law school. We want it to turn around and be successful for us, right? Duh. That's why we're all here. So one of the most important things that I think sometimes gets overlooked or just can be really easy or really scary for some people is networking. And earlier we talked about LinkedIn and LinkedIn has become the social networking network. And 
everyone who is our age, I think, genuinely can understand how it works, can use it to their benefit just because we have grown up with smartphones and social media our whole life. What do you think about networking? I think that networking is probably the most important way to get a job. Um, Of course, we both used, you know, the internet and found these jobs. But I do think that uh, like when you're going to be graduating, right, and you're trying to find like your first legal job, like networking is what like from what I have seen, that is the way that you're going to find your job. Everybody knows somebody who works here, who knows someone at that office that can get you an interview. Like that's how it always works out. So I think the easiest way to start, if you, especially now with COVID, I know that it's hard to go network, like meet up with people to like grab a cup of coffee. You can't really do that, you know, half the time or you can call, right? But the easiest thing to do is connecting with people on LinkedIn. Even if you're like, haven't met them in person, if you see somebody like the other day, (laughs) I'm... I was looking through like legal jobs at like Chanel and I was like, just looking through like who their legal counsel was. And I sent a few like connections just to like their legal counsel. Cause I was like, you never know if they, you know, accepted my friend request. Well, not friend request, but like mm-hmm. connection on there. Like they always share, like a bunch of people are sharing things and job postings and just seeing who's in their network. It, Cause as soon as you link up with somebody on LinkedIn, you get access to way more people in like their network too. Um, I just think it's a great way to be exposed to all kinds of things on LinkedIn. Like I said, if you don't have a LinkedIn right now, pause the podcast, go make your LinkedIn and then come back. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> like, <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And I think it, having the LinkedIn and the job searching that we've been talking about and just the constant exploration that you have to do for yourself can really help you, especially if you're unsure of what area of law you want to go into, of what you do want to be doing. Do you want to be a litigator? Do you want to do transactional work? Do you want to do civil? Do you want to do criminal? You know, there's so many questions that when you tell people that you're going to law school or that you're in law school, they just assume that you already know. And let's be honest, a lot of us don't. So it's nice to be able to get out there and get some experience. And how do we do that? We work. And, but then the next question is always, well, how do I find that work? And like we've talked about, you know, using your resources, that's the biggest one, whether it be your online resources, your school resources, your connections that you make in person or on LinkedIn, because either way, it's not about what, you know, it's about who, you know. Also just a side note, I know there's plenty of side notes always, but if you're not part of the girl attorney Facebook group from your particular state, if in, if you're in the U S um, you can join that people post jobs on there too. Like I know one of our friends saw a job posting for somebody who was looking for an intern in our city and, you know, she applied and then ended up working out. So even like stuff like that, like a Facebook post, that's another thing on Facebook, look up legal intern Boston and like people might be posting there too everywhere you can find jobs literally everywhere guys so if you can't make connections because it's just not working out for you the internet's your friend of course and with everything being online and a lot of things being remote I know that Samantha was looking up a lot of remote jobs and I applied to a few as well so yeah I mean Don't forget to like I said earlier, I mean, luckily I had Samantha to remind me about this job, but if I didn't, then I might've missed the opportunity. And I think if I would have made sure I set up reminders, it would have been really helpful and beneficial for me to find these potential jobs on all the different websites. So make sure that you're doing that. But going back to being unsure about what area of law you want to go into, Um, I know that me and Samantha have really enjoyed criminal law and are very interested in that and have been since we come to law school. But I think it's interesting to do a little of Googling and just, you know, looking at what kinds of jobs you can have with a law degree and talking to your career services because there's so many jobs that are JD preferred and don't even really require um, 
you to be in a courtroom. It's more that you're just people's legal aid in doing really big business opportunities and things like that in different schools and athletic programs and government counties and government agencies within the counties and different um, states all need legal counsel. So you have to think about how broad the area is and how your career is going to be growing and changing too. You know, just because you're set doing litigation, um, you know, for a plaintiff for 10 years doesn't mean you can't work on the other side either later. So just keep that in mind when you're exploring and researching different areas of law. And that's why I think it's important to look on the job application and see, you know, when they say five or 10 years of what kind of experience, you know, what's your dream job? Say it's working for Chanel. What are these people who are legal counsel, what have they done? What's on their LinkedIn? And then what's on the job application that they applied for, right? And you just kind of look at those and that's how you build and grow yourself. And it kind of gives you a roadmap to model maybe your potential roadmap off of because, you know, we're not reinventing the wheel here. We're following in footsteps and why the law is always changing, you know, we're just here to help coast those waves for people really. And I think that that's something you have to focus on because you're learning a trade when you're in law school and that's what you're going to be doing if you're going to law school. So do you think that your undergrad major influences the type of law you may practice? Because I know a lot of people that want to go to law school and they're an undergrad and they're maybe even in high school thinking, what should I major in? And I feel like the common answer that I heard a lot was, oh, you want to go to law school, like do political science. Well, that's been debunked. We know so many of you guys have done things from even like biology, you know, like you can really do any major um, and practice the law. But do you think there's any specific ones that would be beneficial or influence a type of law you may practice? I definitely think that your roadmap kind of determines what you might want to major in and what you what your undergrad major will help in benefiting you on what you want to do, right? Let's say you want to be an entrepreneur, you know, but you've always had the desire to go to law school, but now you're in high school. And if you know that, then props to you. But whenever you go to undergrad, you might want to study business, right? Let's say that you really enjoy science and you get your highest grades in science and you want to pursue a science major, then do that. The really cool thing about law school is basically you just need your undergrad degree and you need good grades in undergrad to get into law school. So you have to focus on those two things. What are you going to be passionate about and willing to put your time into and learn about? Because when you go to college and undergrad, you dive into these subjects in a much deeper form than anything you've ever done before in school. And that's why it's specialized. So that's what I focused on whenever I chose my undergrad degree. I was going to do political science and PR. I absolutely failed at political science my first semester. Also, I think it was because I was partying way too much, lol. But I decided to follow a comms major and I absolutely loved it. And I find myself now as an adult with different passions and fires that I can actually like sit down and listen or watch certain things because I want to. And I think though that's what you have to remind yourself of to do an undergrad major, you know, you're an economics nerd, what like lights your fire and makes you really nerdy. That's what you should do because you're going to get the best grades. And then in three or four years, you're going to be taking the LSAT, right? And that's like a whole nother ballgame and nothing really in undergrad can prepare you for that other than working your butt off and learning to study and just self-discipline. I also think that if you do have an inkling of like what kind of law you want to practice, I know that for like patent law, you have to have like a science background. Like that's how you're going to be successful. So let's say you are one of those people that is in science right now and you really love it and you're like, but also like, I'm also interested in this. Like there's avenues like patent law and like you know, you could do marketing and still go into the law and like political science. Yeah. That's going to help you in like con law, you know, like everything that you do, like, um, also philosophy is a big one for pre-law students because it teaches you all kinds of ways to think econ majors too. Like you said, 
there's a path for every single type of lawyer and your undergrad can really help you. Yeah. And I think that there's a misconception too about like what you might do as a lawyer and, you know, being a public relations major, I learned a lot, but also doing marketing, which is basically just sales. Like, I think a lot of people don't really understand what marketing is, but that's what it is. You're selling things. You're helping boost profits and boost the margin of a business. So when you're learning that and you're learning literally the ins and outs of all of these different aspects of business or corporations or scientifical things, engineering too, right? Like those things all bring a new aspect and a new idea to the table. And the cool thing is, is when you're all in law school together, you kind of get funneled into this like mentality of a lawyer, but you still have all these different backgrounds. And that's what makes you successful as businessmen and women, you know? And because ultimately running a firm or working for yourself, you know, you're going to be owning a business. And I think a lot of us forget about that. Or, you know, like you mentioned the OCI thing and you work and do that for 10 years, but then what is it like out when you get out and you're a 35 year old and you're like, I don't know any of these skills. So it's nice to think about that forward thinking as a young person and use that to benefit yourself and be successful. Because yeah, I do think that your undergrad major depicts your success. I don't think it depicts what you're going to study because it's ever changing. Yeah. And I, we can attest that nobody has a leg up when they get to law school of like, who knows more. Right. Except like we said, the people that have been working at firms and like doing this thing for a while, like, yeah, they're always going to have a leg up. That's just like the reality of the story. If you've worked at a law firm all throughout college, you're going to know more than someone who's never set foot in a a legal setting. But think about that. That's nothing. It's nothing to do with what they learned in undergrad in their major. So I think this whole conversation about the major in general can just be ended with, yeah, your major is important, right? Make good grades. Don't choose something that you hate. Like don't do political science just because everyone's like, oh, political science. Like, and you might hate it. Okay. I didn't hate it, but Haley didn't like it. You know what I'm saying? And we're both in law school and we're both successful and we both have jobs. Also, I just want to add, it wasn't that I hated political science. It was just that that is the class I did the worst in. And I thought, am I setting myself up for failure to continue down this path, right? What do I, or do I follow the class that I got an A in, right? And I think that that was kind of what led me to do that. And I think that maybe other people might feel that way, right? Like exactly what, like I thought that the path was political science. And then I realized as time went on that, oh, wait, like really so many majors go to law school even science major. Cause you know, you think science med school, that's the only option, you know? Also when you're taking classes in college, like once you become an upperclassman, at least, I mean, I'm sure it's like this at every school, right? You can choose like electives. So you can still take like a criminal law class or like a con law class. Like, yeah, those were, they, they counted towards my major, right? Because that's the way I planned it. But if you have like extra credits that you can take, take one of those classes too. And that might help a little bit. I can tell you that taking con law in college didn't prepare me for con law in law school, but maybe it helps you more than like the person who never had political science. So yeah. And you definitely understood like certain parts of the constitution and the branches of government and things like that. You know, I think it's also just nothing really prepares you for law school. I just hate to say that, you know? And I think I was thinking about this just the other day. Remember a civil procedure teacher saying, I hated law school and it was the worst time of my life. And I remember like being offended by that. And now as I showered this morning, I thought to myself, God, she was just like letting us know that like, you are not alone thinking that, man, this really sucks because it does. But if you guys buy the Barbary Law Preview it may not suck and you may not be feeling these things that we feel because guess what? We didn't do the law preview. We might, you might still feel some of these feelings, but it will help ease the pain. But seriously guys, like I know that a lot of you are in the middle of applying. I mean, this time back in 2019, I was about to take the LSAT for the second time. And, um, I had all my applications ready. I was ready to go. I was just waiting for the LSAT score to come back in and hopefully it was better, which it was, you know, by a little. 
Um, so I know you guys are like doing all that kind of stuff right now. And we're going to have LSAT content coming up because like we've said before, we're not LSAT experts. Of course. Yeah. We are, we tried our hardest and, you know, we went about it and there are a lot of things that I'm sure we wish we had, would have done differently, but yes, we have the beautiful law preview for all of you guys getting ready to start in the fall, or maybe you're going to start in the summer, who knows, but also don't forget about our sponsor, Barcast Audio, for all of you guys getting ready to take the bar, because I know that that is a crazy, scary experience, and we're going to have a lot more bar content also to accompany our LSAT content this year. Yep. We know that you guys are literally at every single stage of the law school process. Like some of you are even in high school and like, I'm so happy that you're starting to think about it now. And then there's some of you who are lawyers listening, right? And you've already done it all. And you're just listening to two people like, Um, So we have a bunch of content planned for every single one of you, hopefully in every single stage of the process. And we have a bunch of guests from all different types of niches, uh, as in like areas of law that are niche. I don't want to just like, you know, (laughs) niches. Um, So yeah, we were very excited to get all that content out for you. And I think it's going to be a great 2021 year. Yes. Thanks you guys for listening. Make sure and follow us on Instagram, like us on Facebook. Don't forget to join the Facebook group. We have new merch out. If you want to snag a few things for the new year and get yourself going. Um, I know we love the stickers. That's one of our favorite things. So, but we can't wait to endeavor on this new year with you guys. All right, guys. Stay safe, wear your mask, and um, we'll talk to you soon. We'll talk to you next week, guys. Bye. Bye.